0: So, next Wednesday, October 23rd, we're going to bring it to you live. Multifamily Foundation Podcast is ready to launch. Imagine if you could not fail. If the foundation of your multifamily business had a blueprint that was built by the best. Well, this is what the multifamily... Foundation podcast gives you. We're going to bring you actionable content with tools to strengthen your multifamily business. From finding deals to raising money to asset management, we will give you a formula for success. Now, this comes with entrepreneurship. It comes with lifestyle. It comes with building yourself so you're ready to take down, whether it's a four unit or a $25 million deal, we're going to bring you the resources to make that happen.
1: Are you ready to build your foundation? If you are, listen in. Let's do this. This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate.
0: So before we dive into the show, we wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there. It's always great to have you dive in with us on all these great topics we were to have able to have. And if you want to hear more about us, go to urussiholdings.com. You can find everything about us from projects we're working on, more about our team members, how we break it up, and all the resources we offer. And if you want to invest, learn more about investing with us there. Also, make sure to check out our multifamily meetup if you're local here in New Jersey. We run the New Jersey multifamily investment meetup, and it happens to be every second Tuesday of the month uh, here in North Central Jersey. So if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, make sure to check it out. And lastly, if you want to learn more about investing in apartment buildings, go to multifamilyfoundation.com. All right. Check out the show. Well, hello again. Welcome back. Thanks again for checking in with us. And of course, if you like what you hear, go over to iTunes, give us some ratings and review. Honestly, it could be five stars. It could be one star. You just want to hear from you. We want to know what you like, what we can do better, what we can bring to you more value with. But today, we have no problem there because we have David Thompson on the show and David is going to come to us with a wide background of experience. We're excited to
1: have him. Hey, David, how you doing? Jason, hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show today. Appreciate yeah,
0: it. Yeah, well, I'm glad we, we've, we've known of each other for a while. We right. finally got to connect. We had to go all the way to Minnesota, of all right. places, to How say, about hey, face-to-face. Uh, face face. But Dave's got a strong experience in real estate investing in both domestic and international projects covering single-family, multifamily, and land development. Earned his MBA in finance from the Thunderbird School of Global Management. Graduated Sumacoon Lodge with a BA degree uh, from Arizona State University and spent 20 years in high-tech management positions at Dell, AT&T, and Lucent Technologies. So after leaving the corporate world, that's when David started to into investing. He provides opportunities for investors uh, who are experienced operator, with experienced operators in multifamily apartments, self-storage, and manufactured homes. And as a general partner and sponsor in syndication deals, he has raised significant private equity capital. Uh, he's helped provide investor funds to purchase over 6,000 apartment units worth over $500 million. And yes, I did get all of that correct, 500 million, <laughs> and owns thousands of self-assorted storage units and multi, multi um, we'll say, manufactured home lots. So, David, that, that's awesome, but, but fill me in. What, what did I miss?
1: You <laughs> say keep it to a paragraph. It's a long paragraph, I guess. Uh, I certainly appreciate uh, covering some of the ground there uh, for us. But, uh, no, excited to be here. I think we talked earlier this week about starting as, you know, what your listeners normally like to hear. But uh, we've certainly had a lot of experience in apartments, and that's well covered with, with you all. And, uh, uh, you know, we started branching out in some other areas that we like based on, you know, good downside protection and, and, and you know, trying to be conservative mm-hmm. with our investors. But, you know, in the background, it was – I think that the story, you know, is, is all about uh, – uh, where a lot of people start you know you're, you're, you've got a day job you got a family and you, you're kind of thinking about i don't want to do this day job forever <laughs> you know yeah. i had some cool roles i you know i traveled all over the world with Dell and did a lot of different things towards the end of my career it had some fun but it was itching the kids were getting a little older I had a good chance to look at uh what what was going on around me and in austin texas it's been a great market is where i live and we started buying single family homes my wife and i did in 2012 um about 2015 got a handful of those and I said it doesn't really cash flow well and Jason and I thought you know I still need a w2 right I got to get a loan and uh, that was causing me some some heartache about you know prices are going up it's costing more I got to stay longer at my job sure. <laughs> and yeah. so I just was fortunate you know to um I to kind of uh, bounce into uh, a meeting with a, a guy named Joe Ferlis, which a lot of people know, and, um, it, you know, that kind of got me started looking at syndication, and, and that really changed my life story there, yeah.
0: And was there a point when you said, okay, I feel good, I'm going to take the step out of my job? Because I'm sure there's people listening here saying, oh, that's great, you know, I'm going to jump into real estate yeah. and quit my job too. Yeah. Talk to us and you got a family, you got, you know, of course, growing children, you have a steady job, you know, a dynamic job and now you're going to make the quote unquote leap.
1: Yeah, we had, uh, you know, we had been pretty good savers. And, uh, you know, I I told my wife, I was going to go work in this kind of mentoring program for, you know, 12 to 18 months to go find my first apartment. That was kind of the deal. Like, she was Mm -hmm. like, I'll I'll leave you alone. You look like passionate about it. But (laughs) if this doesn't work out, you you know, let's come back. Let's talk about it. So I really didn't want to go back. And fortunately, we had a nice cushion. Not everybody's in that position, right? But um, you know, some things were happening to to really kind of uh, inspire me to, to, to move a little more aggressively. One, the kids were older, right? So I, I had a lot of their independent, I had a lot more time, uh, you know, to do this and to focus on it. And then I think the next thing is meeting with someone who was very experienced. Uh, and ask how I can help, and those are those are things you hear a lot about, but I'm not sure everybody does it. But I was just fortunate to meet the right people that were doing things in a big way, bigger you know things that I wanted to do, uh, and I could step away from that W2 because I, you know syndication I could be involved in and really helping uh, other people get a, educated on these opportunities and, and bring capital to these operator deals. So that's really how I got started, and the rest was pretty much history. Got Pretty busy with that, and fell in love with it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know I would like it. Actually, well, I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I came out of college uh, with a sales and marketing job. Uh, it was a recession in the early nineties, and I, would, um, I went to work for a, a large life insurance company. I had a degree in financial planning, and the, the only thing that was available at the time was self life insurance and disability insurance, which there is, is an important part for people, but it wasn't something I was really juiced about. You know, I was really interested. Exactly. After about six months, it felt like I was going to the dentist every day. I'm like, "Oh, this is not really something I want to do." Went to graduate school, did the corporate route, but all along my life, I was really interested in investing. I had a stock investing club, I traded options, I tried everything, international mm-hmm. investing. But what was interesting, Jason, I came back to the conclusion that I wanted less volatility uh, in my investments over time. And I started studying this stuff, and I, I realized that you know, value add apartments and self storage, mobile home communities. If you look at the data over the last twenty five years, it's like they've 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 beaten the stock market by two X and in 2007 and 2009, they, they held up so well. Uh, mobile home communities didn't even lose money. Um, apart- self-storage lost 3%. Um, apartments maybe lost 6%. And that's only if you sold, right? We wouldn't yeah. be selling in those markets. So um, it was really uh, that kind of data that got me saying, this is where I'm going to spend my time, my, my personal investments, but I also need to get out there and, and educate people about these opportunities. And that's where it kind of married those things up. And, And realize that, you know, marketing and talking to people and educating is not that hard for me. Um, And you don't have to have that barrier that, oh, it's a sales kind of thing. If I'm selling you something, Jason, I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I tell people. If I'm selling you something, then then you should just walk away from me because that's not what you want to hear. You want to just be educated. And that was a beautiful thing is that most people had never heard of these opportunities, as you know. Yeah. You're in the field and you talk to people and you're like, wow, I didn't know I could invest in a two or 300 unit apartment or a self-storage facility. I only know I can buy a rental property. That's all I can afford. Well, that's where syndication bridges that gap. You can be mm-hmm. part of a team and just be part of that important contributor. That's usually as an investor uh, providing capital, but you don't have to do the day-to-day work. You don't have to you know, listen to tenants uh, move out do makeovers <laughs> it's a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah. and I,
0: I love that and honestly you made the point like i don't want to be selling well you have to think of it too from the other perspective here so you're providing the opportunity right and so you want to make sure the investors are yeah. excited but sometimes salespeople get to the point where it's all about the sale because they're going to hand you something and they're gone they're, they're no longer here you're, you're yeah. an investment three five seven years you want to make yeah. sure you have investors in line exactly with what you yeah. want that's and, a really good point Before I I go over this whole topic, I want to get back to one key point here. Mm -hmm. You said your wife just kind of said, okay, you seem like you're into this. You know, I'll just leave you alone. Talk to me Uh about that because we just ran a workshop. We had about 150 people here last weekend. And Pewdie and I always get this question. You know, I'm doing this, but either my wife or my husband just doesn't – isn't that they just don't like it or they don't get it or they don't – Bridge that gap for me because you were doing trading. You had had other clubs working out there. Was that always the case that you had that relationship? Or is there any tips that you could give to someone who's just saying, you know, I just can't get my significant other on board to understand what it is?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, if you wake up one day and have some completely different idea, I think think it's uh, your spouse, it's, 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 it's your partner, right? And it's yeah. in their best interest to say, you know, have you really thought about this? Fortunately for me, I've been investing my whole life and she yeah. uh, was really supportive of that. And we already were doing some real estate. Um, and so it was kind of a logical next step. And, and we, you know, once I told her is that this is something we could do, we don't have to have the job W2 to do this, but it was still, um, you know, I would have to say she would still be like, you know, uh, I think she's cautiously optimistic, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our, uh, how we do our business, as you know, and the compensation is, is, is really tied to equity and how these things perform over time, two to five years. <laughs> so sure. You know, it's like, well, you know, we're getting some monthly payouts or some quarterly payouts, but still, and it's the same conversation with investors. They want to ask if you had an exit or something like that. Fortunately, we had some exits now they've done well, yeah. but you have to know that nothing's going to be a perfect story with your spouse. They're, they're going to want some evidence of this, but I think most important, um, if you show consistent passion, Uh, your partner is good to to know it's going to work out. And I think if you look at anybody who's good at anything, um, you're going to see that they they pretty much love what they do because they're thinking about it all the time. They're doing it beyond a core work hours, nine to five schedule because they love it. They don't feel like it's work. And if you can find yourself doing something like that, you will find a way to make it successful. And I think your spouse or your significant other is going to be uh, be supportive about that. If you have this idea for two weeks and then you're off on another wild goose chase, uh, yeah. then, then maybe that's, that's something else you need to think about. Right.
0: Yeah. And that aligns exactly with what you said, right? You, you, you want to find the right people to be around, but then you got to commit to doing it. Right. If you're just going to yeah. constantly have that thing where you jump in and, and we're all in this age of social media where, you know, mm-hmm. the next thing I could scroll to or whatever, and we're jumping and then yeah. if I'm on, you know, I got, I got crypto one day, I got, you know, Airbnb <laughs> the next day, I'm, I'm just yeah. jumping from one to the next. Yeah. The next. And and you just never give the the seed time to grow. So you've now done thousands of units across multiple different spaces. Mm -hmm. Looking back at this evolution last six, seven years, um, just in these spaces, not talking the single family time, Mm -hmm. what have been some of the, the greatest learning lessons from growing this vast portfolio that. You know now that particularly but but maybe were surprises when you first started out. It could be in a positive or a negative light like or whatever whatever you want to take
1: mm, well, I mean, from sharing ideas with your listeners, like you know getting started in some of these niches, I, I think the biggest one was I align myself with experts right away. Um, instead of you, 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 tend to meet, I've got these multi-family meetups and there's a lot of people, uh, you know, bigger pockets. There's a lot of this education around do it yourself stuff. And I, I'm all into that. You know, I still have active properties, um, that we manage ourselves, uh, on a heck of a lot of passive properties. <laughs> um, but. If you really are trying to get busy in this space from an active standpoint, really do it. I mean, I, I think I, I, think you're better served by not saying I need to get another job or how can this person uh, take care of me before I do something. It's just, just being a, a, a giving um, mind frame. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why I think the day job's important to keep things steady for you. If you can do anything on the side with this and work with somebody and give you off of your free time, whatever that worked out for me well now if fortunately my situation it came with a compensation right away which I wasn't expecting I was like Hmm. I was in this training program and one day the 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 lead guy there just said hey you know we've got this I asked him I heard this eight million dollar equity need for a 320 unit apartment in Dallas and I'm like can I just help you on something? I want to get this practical experience. It's like, well, we need some capital. How about you go educate investors and and because and you're going to need those investors for your deals. And, and it was really a nice way to go. And I ended up just loving that part of it. And I decided that's what I would do. But I would say partnering with experts um, and get around as much knowledge as you can around that. Um, and then if you're trying to grow a brand or anything around this aspect, what you're doing, Jason, is awesome. And you know, being on a podcast, starting your own podcast, we call thought leadership. And that's really how my business grew over time was the, you know, my mentor was saying, listen, you need to be blogging or you need to be doing something. And so as I was learning, uh, I was on like those mediums like Bigger Pockets in the forums talking, answering questions around syndication and apartments and stuff. And it was like, I had maybe only done a couple of apartments, but I was vastly more experienced than people who'd done nothing, looking for some advice. And then that just snowballed. Before long, I was like the expert out there with some handful of experts answering questions. I was, like, well, it didn't take too long. It was just that there were so few people <laughs> exposed to it, you know? And then I loved sharing that. People said, You write pretty well. I'm like, you know, I never took a writing class. It's just like, I think it's just flowing because I like it and I'm sure. sharing. And, and so thought leadership's huge. Huge. And I think uh, if you're trying to build a brand and kind of build a business, um, you know, just go and share talk, do anything you can to participate. And before you long, you'll be an expert, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's great. And I honestly, the creating exposure when you're, when you're passionate about something, you can, it comes through in the writing and yeah. when you're it's, it's said that people can value or or track what's the potential of losing something much greater than they can track the potential of winning something. Mm -hmm. So for that, Mm -hmm. going for the mentor and bringing on a mentor and just that, that, Mm -hmm. that investment into the mentor, it's more a worry of losing $5,000 because they can't think of making millions or making 10,000 or making $20,000 from it. that, That generally stops people right there. Yeah. So, to, to, to give us some clarity here that I'm not just rambling, which I probably am, yeah. but in that yeah. fact, when you started this, were you thinking, okay, I'm going to start this program and have $500 million in an apartment or, or in a school? and how has that evolved when you first started?
1: <laughs> you know, that's what I love. There's a lot of people out there, and I'm not saying this is the way to go, but I've never been um, – it's like I always think about this as I'm watching a movie or reading a book. If you, if you went to, and you told me the ending story on this thing, I wouldn't read the book. Oh, you just told me or you just ruined the movie because now this is what happens. And I kind of think in my life, it kind of evolves that way too. I I have a general idea. We'd all like to be financially independent. We all like to have the bigger things, but I feel if I sit there and plan everything out, it kind of makes it kind of takes away the fun because I find if I'm just more open to things and I'm learning and evolving, and this is how my business started. It started with one apartment, raising, raising some equity, learning more about syndication, learning what underwriting is about, learning all these things. And I found along the way, I don't really think I want to be an operator operator like i don't want to be the asset manager and yeah. talking to property managers every day but i just found i didn't know that educating investors and investor relations aspects and raising capital would be a strong point at all i told you i already kind of failed at talking you know marketing or a sales job when i got out of college so the lesson learned there was it evolved and gradually i would have investors say hey dave you know we've done all these apartments in dallas texas with this one operator and i'm i have my financial planning hat on i'm like hmm, there's got to be another niche and maybe another operator and different geographies. And I met another mentor of mine that had been doing this much longer than me. And he said, Dave, maybe your business should evolve around different geographies, different niches and different operators, because that's really true diversification, how I see it. He came kind of conservative school. I'm like, man, that, that follows my alignment with financial advising. That's how would I would do that. So I have just kind of created this boutique business um, along the way. I never had that as my plan. It just it just felt comfortable. I was in that space. I said, this is how I can evolve this business to kind of fit my interests, my passion. Um, I got a lot of free time, that kind of stuff. You
0: know, and that reminds me, I'm I'm reading this book or it's called the illusion of money. And it just talks about that. You have to be open to to giving and and with the giving, there's the possibility to, to, to get back. But if you're, you have the giving side of it, just with the intention to get back, that's where you get, it in because you you 're not open to all the opportunities mm-hmm. out there and, and you, you were listening to what others needed, giving them yeah. back the opportunity of information, and that just continued to allow you. Other opportunities that just continues right? to snowball, you know. Yeah, I and mean? it
1: becomes a secondary thing. So, right. so the numbers of apartments that we're involved with, or you know, we just passed a hundred million dollars in raising. And I look at my portal; we've got one hundred ten million. I'm like, oh, that just oh. blows me away in three and a half years. I mean, like, but I look, and we're in thirty something syndications. But is that has never been a goal of mine. I, I, I never had that as a goal. Is it's 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 a marker of credibility? Yes, that's positive. I can get out there and and, and really uh, make sure people know, hey, this guy's been doing it. There's some mm-hmm. numbers. That's important, but. The, the, if you just stay focused on, your, on the love for it, the love for it, and, and you know, I, I start thinking more and more about just wanting to make sure more our people are aware of this because we can't advertise these deals typically. I know, we, you know sure. if I would succeed, you can't. But most of the time, people have no idea what, we're, what this is about. They've been mm-hmm. so inundated with um, stock market information, and, and their, their portfolios are usually so out of whack with what other things you can be doing to kind of balance this thing. So I love it because when I talk to people, it's not like I'm talking to them about a, buying a house. Or buying a car. Because they've already done that 10 million times. They've been burned one way. Sometimes they win. But they don't have this preconceived notion. So Hmm. I love it because when I talk to people, it's like total new. (laughs) Most people are like total new to it. There's there's, obviously sophisticated investors you have to deal with. But most of the time, I love the newbie who I'm talking to and just saying, you know, consider this opportunity. And, um, you know, it resonates well. It's it's an easy story to talk
0: about. So let's bridge that gap, right? Because lots of times if someone hears something new and they hear it the wrong way, the ultimate thing is – oh, new, there must be something that you're, something weird, so I'm going to shut my ears and just <laughs> yeah. right? So, right? So for someone who's having, you know, maybe first <clears throat> right. they're, they're, yeah. they're looking at buying apartment buildings, maybe they're going to go talk yeah. to their uncle about it or, or yeah. one of the high school friends and say, hey, right. we're, we got this thing, you know, we're, we're going to buy uh-huh. apartment buildings. Yeah. How do you bridge that gap to, to, to allow exactly. the conversation to be more clear?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I have a couple different strategies there. One is, um, although we offer different niches, only one in 10 people have owned a, uh, a rented self-storage facility. I think one in 13 have ever lived in a mobile home park ever, which I think is a, a very high number. Hmm. Uh, everybody's pretty much lived in an apartment or a dorm in their life. Most of the syndication deals we do is apartments. Uh, and I think it's easy to explain. Listen, you have probably lived in one of these things. It's a pretty simple business model. You pay rent. <laughs> it's, it, it's a little bit more than the expenses of the property The owner makes some money. That's probably how it works, sure. right? Uh, so it's a very simple business model. The second thing I do is value add is uh, it's a slow flip. It's really a slow flip. It's two to five years, and people have all watched the flipping shows. So I kind of ache in that. You know, a lot of people watch these house flipping shows. It's not as easy as what it shows on TV. Yeah. But similar concept, right? We're not, we're not buying and holding these things forever. Well, you know, it's kind of a market's kind of high right now. Why would you want to do that? I'm like, well, I probably wouldn't do a buy and hold strategy or a new construction strategy, but we're just taking an asset, we're renovating it, making it nicer for the residents, adding some value to them. And we're streamlining operations and we're increasing the income of this property and it's valued more. And and that's the easy conversation. People kind of get that. We're taking something. um, And I said, you know, then I'll show them a risk slide and I'll show them, Hey, in 2009, only one in 200 apartment owners were seriously delinquent and they're paying their mortgage debt yeah. versus a house was almost four and a half percent and everybody's they're already living in a house so they have one rental property they go, holy cow yeah. i said yeah it's 10 times riskier it's one income you're relying on versus two or three hundred so i just you know some basic concepts to get them kind of like wow okay mm-hmm. and then the, the the investment summaries that we do show or the one pay whatever we show investors uh, they're not overly complicated it's you know it's a good market it's a good deal it's a good team and Maybe there's a track record there uh, that supports uh, s- some experience that the operators had, which is helpful. But I try to keep it simple for new investors, um, yes. and and, uh, and uh, stay with one niche that's everybody's kind of done before. They've even lived in it, or you know, had some experience with that. And you can see it. Most yeah. people can see the apartment. That's what exactly. I like about it. Bitcoin. Exactly. I'm like, oh, is that a, actually, can I feel it? Can I touch it?
0: <laughs> and I love that, right? Because if, if you focus on like, you don't know what they actually want to hear. Sometimes they want to hear about returns. Sometimes they want to make sure they're not yeah. flying 10,000 miles away to go change a toilet and they have a property management. You, you never beautiful. know, right? And yeah. so if you line it up first. I, I yeah. And sometimes Hassle-free. you free. Yeah. People slam <laughs> people over the head with something and they're like, yeah. well, you don't even know what they, they may ask. You know, you may yeah. just like you and just want to be involved with what you're doing based on your track record. So
1: that's important. That, that is important. I mean, 85% of the, of the investment dollars we bring on every deal is return investors or oh, cool. uh, a referral. Um, and this business is really how it works. It's hard to get, I don't know hard to get started. It's harder in the beginning mm-hmm. um, because you don't have that track record and you don't have those deals that you close and, and that kind of thing. And you don't have those referrals yet. And this is your first investor, but yeah. over time you'll find that people like the experience they like your customer experience are you communicating frequently are they like clear in what you're doing and you know are you pretty consistent with things and, and they see how this thing's working and and then they'll tell their friends and, and that's that's a wonderful business after that because once that starts going now your your integrity continues to and your your understanding of making sure they have it, good deals good markets and just the foundation is there they trust you as, as you mentioned is, is really seriously huge yeah
0: oh, i love that and so we got a couple of snap action questions before we let you go here yeah what would you detail as your real estate superpower?
1: Uh, for me, I mean, my, my core strength is is educating investors and, and bringing capital to the operator. So I'm part of the operation team. Um, but if you if they ask the operators, they're like, uh, we, we call Dave Thompson first. We want to talk to him about our opportunity. Uh, and, and so it, it helps my investors too because they get, uh, first looks at opportunities and they get an opportunity to say hey you know we, we know we're going to be able to get in this deal because he gets pretty good allocation so my my focus is really around um getting these opportunities out to investors and explaining them in, in a logical way and i, I love that's that my best uh, asset yeah
0: what's a learning lesson that's happened throughout that's actually whether it was negative negative or positive but that's made your investing better since it's happened
1: uh, the biggest, uh, well, the biggest thing that happened to me on my first deal, uh, Jason was, uh, a phishing scheme that ended up costing me personally $225,000 and I've actually been on podcasts about that as a warning sign. I was kind of hesitant at first because I'm entrusted a, I'm a with people's capital. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it was it, it was innocent and uh, you, know, you just got it made me aware that it's not only talking, educating, we could this work to get the deal, we educate people and have them wire money and uh, you gotta be careful with wires these days. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it happened on our first deal, we, we, we've improved our, our processes tremendously. Um, but that was, I knew my passion around that because I really didn't make any money the first year <laughs> in the business. Although you would say, Hey, the business has been great for three and a half years, but the first year we really had some painful, it was hard to come out of that for the first two or three deals as I was looking at back. But I never even once thought about quitting. And it was sure. just like, man, that was, that's a learning experience. And I'm going to tell some people, not maybe as soon as I can, it makes sense. and yeah. I had to get past a few deals. But what I learned out of that is the four investors that were impacted. Um, I was able to uh, come in and we were able to fund them in the program. So we took care of them right Mm -hmm. away. Um, And then we showed them the corrective action plan. Three of those four people are reinvested in our deals. Fantastic. And that particular deal, we had 52% return in two years. So, it was a wonderful story at the end and it's been a great learning lesson when I talk to people about this particular part of the business is don't get so focused on the front end. Make sure you understand the end process. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that, and that's huge, but it says a lot to character and it says a lot about what you're doing because honestly, when... You're, you're always going to get that slap in the face in the beginning. You don't understand how big that ramifications is, but ultimately yes. maybe that saved you millions of dollars if it happened four years later that you learned that lesson and ultimately yeah. it probably made you a lot more money in the back end. Yeah. Because now you've figured out that lesson. So, but yeah. that's where that's like, you get these little things, right? That, that, and that's, that was a rather big thing, but like just mm-hmm. say it, that's a reason for you to stop. And that's yeah. where 90% of people would say, yeah, I, I can't do it, <laughs> you know, and but the 10%. Yeah. Well, you see where it goes. So yeah. well, David, yeah. this has been awesome for listeners. What's the best way to reach out, find more about you.
1: Yeah. So uh, Thompson investing, uh website, uh, thompsoninvesting.com. And we have <coughs> a lot of educational material there. A lot of blogs, podcasts, and got a couple of books out there. I was going to show you, Jason, my latest book, Riches and Niches. Oh yeah, sure. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is for investors. The first one was kind of on capital raising. I made a million dollars in two weeks and I kind of wrote, you know, 10 tips, but this one I've always wanted to write because it's more about the niches that we're in, why we're in them. Uh, and a little bit about diversification strategies and things like that. So if you're interested, that's available for free download on my website. Yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah, and I, I've been on his website. Great stuff there. Uh, really active on bigger pockets. You'll find them there. So really interactive. David, thanks so much for coming on the show. Super appreciate your time. Fun to be here, Jason. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to all Thank the listeners, you. we'll talk to you shortly. Bye now. Ooh.